this is Jeff Power, senior writer with Real Time Fantasy Sports, and welcome to another edition of the Real Time Fantasy Sports Podcast. On today's podcast, I'm going to be joined by the newly crowned winner of the Fantasy Championship, Steve Rannigan. Steve took home the prize of $200,000 to win the Fantasy Championship, defeating many of the top fantasy players in the industry. Steve did a great job in the contest, and he's going to talk about how he brought home the big prize and talk a little strategy. Before I get to my interview with Steve, though, I did want to mention your fantasy season doesn't have to come to an end just because the regular season is over. Get in the Fantasy Postseason Shootout Contest on our site. Just go to rtsports.com and click on the Fantasy Championship at the top of the page, or you can go to fantasychampionship.com. This is a great postseason shootout contest with $159,000 in prizes that we hand out with $50,000 to the grand prize winner. You can sign up $125 per team, or you can get the best deal, which is three teams, for $350. This is a contest where you can pick any player from any roster, and you want to score the most fantasy points. It's not head-to-head. It's total points. You want to score the most fantasy points for the whole playoffs to take home the big prize of $50,000. Again, go to thefantasychampionship.com today and sign up for the postseason shootout. Now, here's my interview with the winner of the Fantasy Championship this year during the regular season, Steve Rannigan. And I'm joined now by Steve Rannigan. He is the big winner of the Fantasy Championship, took home the prize of $200,000 this year. Steve, great work, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Great. Thank you. My pleasure. I appreciate you having me. So, Steve, first question I wanted to ask you is just a little background on yourself when it comes to fantasy football. Have you been playing a long time? Have you ever been in any of these high-state contests like this before? Yeah, yeah. I've played uh, in the past. I'd say I've probably been playing for, you know, maybe somewhere between 10 and 12 years, but just, you know, not not really heavy. I wouldn't really classify myself as a um, your average player, but I wouldn't classify myself as sort of, you know, one of the kind of volume players, probably probably somewhere in between. But, um but, yeah, I've probably gotten a little more serious with it probably in the past five years or so, I would say. So uh, getting into the season now, so at, at some point in the season did you think, hey, man, I've really got a chance to win this all. Is there any point at all that you really thought there was a legit chance for you to take home this huge uh, prize in this contest that has a lot of the top players in the industry in it? Was there any point in the season that you really thought this this was possible? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I guess I, I wouldn't say I, to be honest with you, I, I probably didn't think that I could, you know, finish first. But, um, you know, I, I, I had, you know, some teams, you know, that, that looked really good. I had, I had, you know, I was very high on Patrick Mahomes, but ironically enough, he wasn't on this team that I won. So I, I was sort of thinking, you know, with like a month left, I was like, you know, wow, these Patrick Mahomes teams and, you know, uh, you know, some of the combinations that I had with him that I thought, Wow, these look really good. I really don't see him slowing down. It turns that you know, you know, it turned out he did slow down. Um, uh, I guess you know, I, there was probably a few points in the season with the team um, that I won with that I was thinking, wow, that's kind of interesting. Where when um, I had Aaron Jones and he actually went down, I think in like week twelve or something, and I thought, and you know, I I didn't have my team in front of me, and I thought, wow, I, I, I'm not sure I have anything backing him up. You know, I knew I had, I think, Sony Michelle, but I wasn't really too high on him, um, you know, on a weekly basis with the Patriots sort of spreading their offense around too much. Um, and I looked at my team later that day, and I was like, oh, wow, that's great. I have Jamal Williams. And I thought, wow, that's that's a pretty good sign, actually, that I, 
you know, what was interesting was I was thinking about dropping him from that team probably every week. I was just like, you know, I need to get something, you know, so, you know, some more upside here. And, you know, and I didn't, for whatever reason, I didn't drop him. I just thought, you know, Jones looks great, but God, if he ever goes down, I, I just, I, you know, I need to have somebody to back him up. So, so I guess when that happened and then um, when George Kittle had his big game, I thought, wow, you know, from a tight end, that's, that's a pretty big game. Um, um, so I guess I would probably say those two points. And then, you know, obviously later in the day on that last week, I was, you know, I thought kind of watching the Seahawks and Chiefs game when I had Chris Carson, uh, he was having a really big game. And I think he was pretty big for me. So I guess, you know, those, those would probably be the three key points as far as that goes. Yeah, so you kind of hit on it. That was kind of my next question as well, like a turning point in the season for you. So maybe a specific play or performance uh, that you thought maybe turned things around for you to get you going in that direction. Anything else that you want to uh, – that stuck out to you in this contest? Yeah, yeah. I guess, you know, you know, in looking at the team, I was – you know, having Christian McCaffrey I think was, like, massive just because uh, – I mean, I would follow some of the games and he would get, you know, get – catch after catch after catch so he was he was unbelievable and I mean I I thought he'd be pretty good I was kind of high on him going into the year but I you know to be honest with you I'm not sure I expected that amount of um you know volume you know from him on a weekly basis so you know seeing that happen week after week after week I was you know I was kind of like wow okay that's pretty big and you know like I said with Kittle and you know with the Jones injury I, I kind of thought wow that's those are two kind of kind of turning points where I thought, okay, you know, maybe this team has a shot to at least stay up there, you know. So you were not in first place heading into the last week of the season. How did you assess your chances of winning it all? Did you think you had a good chance to take home the prize heading into that last week? Yeah, you know, again, to be honest with you, I, you know, through playing some of these, you know, I, I've i had some teams in the past. I think it was a couple of years ago I had a, um, you know, like a Luck and a Hilton combo team where I was in like the top 15 and you know one week I dropped I must have dropped 110 spots or something but you know those two really tanked in a big game late in the season so I sort of knew I was like hey you know I know how this goes you know so it's you know it's good for people you know that are behind in the contest because you know it it, kind of gives everyone a chance which is nice I mean you have to have a lot of things go right obviously but I mean you can drop 100 spots just as easily as you can move up 85 or 100 so um, you know, I, I felt like I had a decent chance and I liked my team, but, you know, just, you know, following, um, you know, football and fantasy for, you know, for quite a bit here, I, you know, I kind of knew I was like, Hey, injuries and, um, just performance and things like that, you know, that's, that's, that's pretty big. So. So you, obviously you had several top fantasy performers on your team. Uh, is, was there a fantasy MVP for you in your mind? I, I'll give our listeners a rundown of your lineup. Here for this last week, it's you had Deshaun Watson as your quarterback, Christian McCaffrey, Jamal Williams, Chris Carson, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyreek Hill, Juju Smith-Schuster, George Kittle, Justin Tucker, and the Rams defense. So, out of that lineup, there, did you have a MVP in your eye? Yeah, I, I would probably go back to the running backs, and I was looking, you know, a couple of days ago, and I, I, I would definitely point to McCaffrey and. You know, I think Chris Carson, I know some of the folks on the message board were saying, like, wow, you know, Chris Carson's, you know, your new best friend. But he was, I mean, he was unbelievable. And I, I was really high on him. I, I, I drafted him probably in, you know, 80% of, you know, the instances where I could. Um, so, you know, you know, 
I think some of the receivers there, they're some of my favorite players, so I, I sort of hate leaving them out. And, you know, Kittle was huge, but, um, you know, I really go back to McCaffrey and the running backs just because it's, uh, you know, I, to be, you know, to be honest, I just really didn't expect, you know, that, that you know, that they would do that. Um, but I did love Carson. So I, you know, I would, I would probably point to them, you know, as the MVPs, but, um, you know, I had ridden golf pretty heavily during the season and I just had Watson sitting there on my bench and I hadn't really used him much. And I thought, wow, this is just a great luxury to have him here. And I'm, you know, I'm glad I drafted him because I know a lot of people weren't high on, on that type of a strategy. So, um, you know, I like to mix and kind of go against the grain at times. Um, so, you know, I think in that instance, it really helped me. So we know free agent moves are always a big part of a contest like this. Was there any specific free agent pickups that you had throughout the year that you thought made a difference for your team? Yeah, this is another really funny thing was, you know, I went back in the draft and I looked, um, you know, probably a day after, you know, at the conclusion of the contest and I had, had the original um, 17 of my original 20 players I drafted were on my team at the end of the year, which and I know for a fact that that's not, that's not normal. That's not the norm, right? I mean, it seems like, you know, sometimes, you know, you could have 11 and 12 free agents on a team, right? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I only had three three guys on my team that I didn't have at the beginning of the year. I think it was um, I picked up Gerald Everett, the tight end for the Rams. I picked up the Saints defense because I, you know, thought that they would, you know, come together. And then, um, you know, I just picked up Naheem Hines, I think, and, the other 17 were the original guys that I drafted, so I was I was, re- I was really shocked at that. So, Steve, we talked about in-season moves with your team, and I want to talk about preseason strategy for you. Heading into the season, what was your strategy come draft day? It looks like you went receiver early. Obviously, you had to get Christian McCaffrey early in your draft, but you also have Hopkins, Hill, Smith-Schuster, three of the top receivers in the game. looks like you likely waited on a quarterback. So what was your strategy uh come draft day this year? Yeah, I, I mean, I think, um, you know, I had tried in prior years, I had tried to go with a really wide receiver heavy, um, um, you know, draft concept. So I tried to, you know, I tried to add a little bit of, you know, kind of taking, you know, uh, you know, a running back who I think, you know, could definitely be an RB1. So I, I, I tried that, um, you know, I guess that was a tweak, you know, that I had made where, you know, I, I I was trying some of that, you know, zero running back, you know, in the past. And, um, you know, I drafted some really good teams, but I just was really, you know, leaving myself short. So, and I know a lot of people sort of scrapped that strategy. Um, so I think that was a big thing. Um, you know, and I think, you know, in this particular draft, I know I did it earlier in the year, and I remember getting Kittle that late, and I was really happy with that because, um, you know, I really wasn't focusing on, um, you know, trying to get a tight end that early. You know, and I'll – I'll do that on occasion. Just I really try to, you know, feel the draft out and see kind of, you know, which way I want to go. But, you know, I remember in that particular draft, you know, that I had, you know, gotten some some players late, you know, Kittle being one of them that I that I really, you know, was happy about. So, um, you know, and, and really ironically enough with this draft, it was, it was a lot of guys that I really like. And sometimes in a draft I'll just say, hey, these are guys I really like and I want to go get them, you know. And, mm-hmm. um it it really was that type of draft, and I think I drafted Watson a little earlier, so I know, you know, in doing that, that it was sort of, you know, I'll just sort of, you know, I just I kind of go off the beaten path a little bit, and I think, you know, having Goss and Watson, you know, I remember looking at the team all year saying, you know, I don't know who to start, really, and Goff was just doing so well, and I'm like, okay, well, 
you know, here I have this, you know, Deshaun Watson, you know, on my bench. I'm probably never going to use him. And then turns out he got really hot at the end of the year. So it was it was perfect. It just worked out perfectly. So how about some advice for any of our listeners out there for a contest like this? you have any advice to navigate a huge contest like this and, you know, maybe help some of the fantasy players out there when they get into something like this? Yeah, I mean, I guess I'd say, you know, kind of, you know, there's so much information out there now, like, you know, as you know, Jeff, um, just, you know, and it can get so confusing. Um, you know, and I think if, if you're not good at, like, filtering out sort of what's, you know, what's what's kind of within your wheelhouse of what you like to do and what's not, it can be confusing, I think. So, you know, I think, you know, I think it's good to have some basic concepts, but then, you know, sort of within the concepts, sort of, you know, go with your gut, pick what, pick what you like, you know. Now, I'm not saying, like, you know, pick a, you know, wide receiver that goes in the 50th round, in the 6th round or something, but just, you know, kind of go with what you like and, um, you know, I think, you know, and I'm guilty of this, I think, you know, you become sort of like, um, you know, sort of stuck to the rankings too much, you know, and I think, you know, in some drafts that can be good, but I think for the most part, you know, you kind of want to, um, you know, kind of kind of go about it your own way, you know, I mean, I know that's kind of general, but um, I myself, I love drafting, so it's, I like just, you know, kind of kicking back, listening to, you know, some kind of music, and just, that's probably my favorite part of it, and that's probably, you know, it's, you know, it's really a quick process, and then the whole season's so much longer, but I honestly do, I just, I, I love drafting, so, um, but yeah, you know, I gotta say, just have fun with it. So how about plans for the winning? Do you have anything you're gonna do, uh, anything exciting you're gonna do with your big $200,000 prize? You're gonna go on a trip or buy something cool, or are you just gonna save it? Yeah, you know, I, you know, I thought a little bit about it. I know, um, you know, my kids haven't gone to Disneyland. I never went, you know, way back when, so. It's kind of interesting, kind of like after you know somebody wins the Super Bowl, you know. They yeah. Don't. And so I was, I was, I was kind of thinking about something like that, and then, um, you know, kind of just you know paying off you know a couple of nagging bills or something like that, but nothing, uh, you know, nothing crazy. I don't, I try not to get too caught up in it, I guess, you know. So, um, but, um, you know, really, you know, the achievement of this was really a big thing for me because. You know, I always felt like I could kind of do something like that, but you know, you know, you know, until you do it, you know, you don't really, um, you know, know that you can. So, you know, the achievement was great, and you know, you guys do a great job, and you give us all a great platform to, you know, kind of have fun and it's entertainment, and um, you know, kind of use you know some of your skill and um, you know, some of your um knowledge of different sports and things like that. So it's great. Yeah, it's a great accomplishment. So you should really be proud of yourself to navigate a huge contest like this and beat several top players out there. Just great work. I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the playoffs though. Right now, is is there any? Who do you like? Uh, you know, to make it out of the NFC and AFC and represent in the Super Bowl? It sounds like you're. A, I don't know if you're a Patriots fan or not, but you're a Boston guy, correct? Yes. Yeah. So, do, do you like their chances to get in there? Are you you worried about the Chiefs at all? Who, who do you like in the playoffs? Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm probably like one of the only people in the whole uh, you know area of New England that's not a Patriots fan. So, um, you know, I, I mean, I think they always get such an easy path, you know, to the Super Bowl, and mm-hmm. I think that's that has something to do with why they've gotten to so many. I think. Whereas I think if they were in you know maybe a tougher division um, in different years, that you know, that may not may or may not have been the case, but um, yeah, I mean, in watching them every week, I'm I'm not overly impressed with them, but 
the thing is, is the AFC really isn't that great, right? I mean, as far as, far as um, you know, having that dominant team, and I think, you know, with KC, that defense could really um, could really hurt them. Um, I've never seen a year where it's been so um, really anyone's opportunity to move in both conferences, really. I know people are really high on the Saints. I'm not as high on the Saints. I think they're the best team, but I, I don't think I, – I, I'm not sure they have enough weapons offensively, um, you know, other than Thomas, you know, and Kamara. I feel like if people take Thomas out of the game – you know, you know they can become a little more one-dimensional than people think. But um, I mean, I'm a big Andrew Luck guy, so I'm rooting for Andrew Luck. Um, you know, and I know they've been hot. You know, I, you know, I kind of like them. Um, the Ravens have really impressed me. Um, you know, as well. So, I, you know, as, as far as like, I guess for long shots, I, I kind of like the Ravens and the Colts, but I know they're long shots. But other than that, I think. You know, there's so much to like about the Chiefs, and, you know, I'd really like to see them do well. Yeah, you can't discount those wild card teams anymore. Steve, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on with me again. This is Steve Rannigan, the winner of our fantasy championship. We will definitely have to head going again before the season starts next year. Steve's talk some strategy. Uh, I, I really appreciate you coming on, and great job on winning this year. Yep, that would be my pleasure. Thanks a lot, Jeff. I appreciate your time, and uh, thanks again to RT Sports, and, you know, you guys do a great job. And that was my interview with Steve Rannigan, the winner of the Fantasy Championship this year. He took home the big prize of $200,000 in the Fantasy Championship. I want to thank Steve for being a great guest on the podcast today. And I want to wish you all the best of luck in your fantasy playoff leagues this year. This has been Jeff Power for Real Time Fantasy Sports. Have a great day, everyone.